Hey folks, we are here at Hidden Magic TV. We have our guest, special guest today with VIP Beauty, Angela DeLeon, who is a celebrity hair and makeup stylist, and she also caters to clients all around whatever area she decides that she's going to be in. Primarily, she uh, has a salon in Pittsburgh, right? And then you do some work occasionally here in Tampa, right? Yes. So let's talk about your uh, background. How long have you been doing this? I have been doing this for almost 30 years. 30 years? Yes. Really? Okay. Did I give away my age? I, I, we're going to assume that you didn't. Okay. Okay. We're going to assume. So you started when you was 10. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So talk about that. Talk about how was it when you got started and... Um, well, I was quite young. I had a handicapped um, aunt that babysat me and she pulled out a pair of tweezers one day and said, I'm going to show you how to pluck my eyebrows because she couldn't do a lot of things. And at probably eight years old, I was plucking eyebrows. So really? it just kind of went like that. And then I started doing all my friends' um, hair and makeup before dances. And we used to joke around um, while we were doing it. And they'd be like, Angela, you're going to have your own salon someday. And we're going to be a receptionist. And I'm going to be your marketing person. And we were just laughing about it. But it ended up that that was the route that I took um, right out of high school. I went to a beauty school. All right. Now, how long did that process take? Um, beauty school was about nine months full-time, but I was one of those people that it wasn't enough for me, so I went to night classes. I added, um, at the time, there was no acrylic nails. I added acrylic nails. I added makeup, skincare. So by the time I graduated, I had about uh, 15 different certificates for extra educational um, beauty work that I did. So when you talk about you added this and you added that where did you i mean i'm going to ask where did you get the idea did you have did somebody just i mean where did that come from what made Probably, you you know your magazines and i was i was highly enticed by magazines and, and newspaper and television and i always wanted to know more and what the newest was the celebrities mainly and um then i would ask my teachers and they'd be like well we do have this class for this, and I would take that class. And, and then being from a small town um, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, I actually had to travel to the downtown Pittsburgh area to get more of the cultural part of it, the relaxers and um, different types of, of, of services that my smaller town didn't even offer in their school. Okay, so when you say relaxers, we're going to keep this keep this real, right? Okay. You, Ethnic. Yes. <laughs> ethnic. Okay. So, so we I can do talk ethnic about, hair as well. We talk about the the uh, the black. We could say that. We could say black hair, okay. right? Yes. Now, multicultural. Multicultural. Is there a lot of misconceptions that you know somebody that's Caucasian doesn't understand or can't do black hair? Yes. Is there yes. truth to that, or no. is that? Um, I think it's more. I. I don't know why that is because if you took the training for it and you understand uh, the makeup of a hair of the hair texture, it's mm -hmm. all about the texture of the hair. It has nothing to do with black or white. It has nothing to do with it. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Do, do you feel like there are? Can you? I mean, is there differences really? Um, there is a huge difference in the texture of the hair, but 
and and also I have had multicultural clients that had uh, Caucasian hair so um, it goes both ways it just depends but there is a difference in uh, the way that you would treat a multicultural hair the way that you do things to multicultural hair mm. um, it's it's actually more delicate um, so you have to be really careful well, that's cool now when we, let's go back to when you had the idea to kind of expand what you were doing right you know we focus a lot on this show talking about called business titans where you think different you execute different and coming up with something that other people aren't doing i mean were you in your small area of greensburg right uh-huh. so when you were coming up with that no one told you to do that you were no i was was other salons doing that or was you kind of you know i um i started in my home because i had little ones and well actually i didn't start in my home i i i started with working for other people about three four years and then i realized that this just wasn't for me because i didn't like the way sometimes the cattiness was in the salons and i just didn't fall into the drama part of the salon cattiness drama Uh, yes really yes so (laughs) with that being said you know i just wanted to help everyone i didn't want to fight over a client i Mm. opened my own salon in my home starting off in 1996. Um, my kids were just uh hitting elementary school and i was like i have to do this i want to be a business owner i want to do it my way Mm. and um I opened a business first in my home and raised my children for about three years and then I opened in a commercial area and at that time there was a huge thing about spas, day spas, um, you know, massage got real popular, um, body treatments, um, waxing and so I used to take a walk up through my hometown um, for exercise and I would stare at this building every day and go boy I could just envision and and that's one thing I'm really good about was seeing something before it's even done I envision that yes so I could envision me having this spa that Greensburg didn't really have we maybe had one little one so when I opened um, it was a great success and it was 5,000 square feet um, salon and spa in a little town that um, really, it, it was quite exciting, so we were very busy. I had, by the end um, of me closing from head to toe, I was about eight years in, and I had about 12 girls working for me at the wow. time. So it was a huge success, but um, I... So let's talk about, okay, let's talk about, again, from a business standpoint, managing 12 people. Mm-hmm. There's people out there that have employees Mm -hmm. right what advice would you give them you know managing you got 12 people as they say 12 personalities 12 different sets of needs in a sense you know Mm -hmm. one person wants this one person wants that Mm -hmm. how did you handle that and deal with that well it was probably the hardest thing i ever did in in my whole business was managing other people um, because I was never really a delegator. I wanted to show people and and them to learn. So with that being said, I tried to, um, you know, just not really be their friend, but be beside them doing the same thing. And I didn't ask them to do anything that I wouldn't do. So you were leading by example. Absolutely. And that helped. Absolutely. I could probably say... um, Five of my girls have their own salons now, and yeah. um, I, f- I feel pretty good about that. I was kind of like they're the person that showed them that they could do it, and I'm That's proud cool. of them. 
That's really good. Now, is it possible? I mean, you know, a lot of people in business that serve in the business way that they serve, do you feel, you know, they tend to be people pleasers, Mm -hmm. right? When you had that doing what you were doing, was it hard? Did you at any point feel like you had to please? Always. All 12 of those people at once? I mean, you try, but you cannot. And, you know, every six weeks we're putting out fires and... Um, so, uh, it was, it was one of those things that I was always just like, I would tell the girls like, they're just, they're not, don't stab each other in the back, share the clientele. Don't, um, uh, make the clientele feel funny if they're going to someone else cause you're on vacation because you'd rather keep them in the salon than to leave and go somewhere else. Right. So it was really hard. And, um, when I actually closed the salon, I got offered an opportunity to open a, um, resort spa and salon Mm. and so I thought about you know getting out of the self-employment phase and going into like a corporate type of thing and uh, that was even harder was it yes was it hard dealing with people telling you what to do and giving you you know red tape and because I mean you were operating on your own for so long right? so you you were and now you're in this in this box I'm just gonna say box where you had Approval, and you had to get this cleared, and this had to be signed off on. Absolutely. Was that was that did that feel constrict? I would think that would feel if you're well, a business owner, that would feel constricting. Well, because I was the director, I wasn't doing many services, and I love being behind the chair still. Yeah. And um, it was hard, you know, being be- trying to be behind the chair, trying to be a director, and then I had my salon and spa for a little bit that I ended up shutting down and just doing strictly uh, the golf spa resort um so but it was the hardest part was when you know that something needs to be done and you're trying to get approval for it and they're not in the salon business and they don't understand why you need that to be done right okay that's cool now when you talk about when you had these there are people out there and there might be some people out there and and you know and i'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing right where they're doing hair on the side or they're doing some kind of hair on the side they're not necessarily licensed and they haven't necessarily went to school. Maybe they feel like they can't. Maybe they feel like they, whatever, what advice would you give those people that are doing it, even though they're not officially state regulated? Would you tell them, what, what, what would you tell them to do? I would tell them there are so many opportunities out there to get funding and to help you to get the right um licenses to do this legally Mm -hmm. um it's huge because i mean one is people won't take you as serious if you're doing this in your you know basement and you have no licenses and you're not by protocol by the law this is a state board licensed business right um so i am huge about following following what is mandated by my state and i'm dual licensed back in pittsburgh and as well uh, in uh, florida here yeah when you uh let's talk about how you got to florida right so you you were doing your thing in pittsburgh had your greensburg pittsburgh salon servicing people up there word travels mm-hmm. about you know and you're good word travels right um, so yes word travels about what you what who LinkedIn. you are LinkedIn. linkedin is amazing linkedin worked okay all right cool so you're getting more active on linkedin yes right? absolutely okay which is a lot of people are missing the boat on linkedin yeah I agree. and uh, i've i've stepped up my game to try to get a lot more active on linkedin there's a lot of active 
people on LinkedIn, but a lot of people focus on the people that are not active. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say focus on the people that are active mm -hmm. and try to network and do business with those people, right? Absolutely. So talk about when you came to Florida, how did you, how did that door open? How did that? Um, I got an email uh, through LinkedIn from someone in the, um, uh, what do you call that, in the, that hire from a TV studio. And they were like, we really need people like you with your background. Um, could you come in for an interview? So I was like, Florida, am I gonna, oh my goodness. Um, I took the interview and uh, it went well and I enjoyed every moment. So I was servicing celebrities and hosts and guests doing makeup and hair and it was, um, it was a great thing for my career. Yeah, let's talk about behind the scenes. I mean, you know, you're, we're on a little smaller, much smaller TV show than and the TV network and what you were dealing with. We're not going to say the name. We don't, we, we're not going to get, you know, we don't get no letters or <laughs> not have clearance to, we're not going to plug them, but this, they're headquartered here. Yes. Um, even though they're like, they're nationally broadcasted. Uh, well, to fill in the gaps for those people that are wondering, it's um, a way you can buy products while you watch television. So you can use your imagination to figure out who that network is. But, um, when you were back here working with some, I mean, I know I had talked to you before and you were telling me, you know, well, so-and-so's there. I mean, I didn't realize, you know, that so many celebrities actually come to Tampa, even if it's for one night, two nights to pitch their product on the air. Absolutely. And to get people to buy. So dealing with the celebrity clientele, you know, we'll talk about that. Two people, two things I think happen, right? So question number one is, are they difficult to deal with? Um, I think that everybody thinks they're a celebrity and they're just like us. Um, a lot of times they would come into the studio and you didn't really even know it was them till somewhat you looked at your paper and you seen, oh my gosh, and then you put their makeup on and they became alive. Okay. So they're exactly like us and no, they're not um, as hard as everybody thinks to deal with. They tend to be a little more... I don't want to say picky, but they know what they want, and as long as you're able to take direction and do that, um, it works out well. Well, I think in fairness to them, I mean, I, I've, you know, I think uh, when you execute at a high level, you know, there's certain things you got to have in certain place. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I perform. Uh, some bigger shows I deal with, they're expecting me to send them like a three-page rider. My mm -hmm. contract is basically, you know, a page, no more than a page and a half. But it's funny because I've learned in the entertainment business, you do things and it's like, you know, you tell somebody, I need something to drink backstage and then, you know, you don't get anything. And then it's like, okay, so now you got to put it in writing. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that could be misinterpreted as, you know, you're being demanding or you're being diva. Now, the whole whole story with the rock group and, you know, no brown M&Ms, I mean, that's a little mm -hmm. bit extreme. But, <laughs> but you know, the th sad thing is, like, I have seen some, you know, national recording artists writer and I can read the things that they're specifying mm -hmm. and I get it. Mm -hmm. I get, you know, when you're when you do the entertainment and you deal with some people, some producers that are cool and some producers that aren't, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I see why you have to spell it out. Mm -hmm. And executing at that high level, you kinda know it's like I need to have this, I need to have it like this, I need to have, because if you don't, people just they, you know, some people just don't they just simply simply don't care. Mm -hmm. When you were dealing with some of those people that were 
behind the scenes and it, were they were they particular about how they wanted their makeup or certain I brands of makeup they had to use or a lot of them had their own makeup kits brought their own makeup um, okay so uh, some of them had their own makeup artist and or hairstylist but sometimes you know with with having um, a network that that runs 24 7 um, they didn't have always the ability to bring them so uh, a lot of times I got calls you know uh, be in the green room for so-and-so and I would um, be there and everything was set up and waiting for me they just needed my my talent of putting it on and executing it That's cool. so listening is a huge part of this business if you don't listen to your client you're not going to go very far. You can't do what you think they need. You can suggest, but listening to what they want is huge. Another thing too that, because I know that you deal with you know regular regular people. If I could say that, not mm-hmm. to be insulting, but people that are in the non-celebrity or non-entertainment um, mm-hmm. world, people have a conception that they automatically assume that they can't afford you because yeah. you're charging like five hundred dollars a day or a thousand dollars a day. I or mean, of course you're going to charge a celebrity more because they're going to require more things and and different different times and and have a little more things that they need for you to do. Um, so of course it's going to be a little more money when you're doing television, but my behind the chair services are affordable and they go right along with all the upscale salons. Well, that's good. And and, and you offer something kind of unique in that you have your you have you have your private studio mm-hmm. and then you have you know your studio that you have in Greensburg, mm-hmm. but then you also in, in certain select situations you know people that I know that you've dealt with some pretty high executives mm-hmm. and they just don't have time to mm-hmm. go out and Absolutely. and deal with traffic and find a parking space and go into a salon and all that so you offer something where if you need to you can consult with them or you will go to them mm-hmm. and you know tell them if they're getting ready for a gala or something like that yes. right yes absolutely so when I started the mobile salon um, it was I, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, but I know that I got calls often. And with uh, Florida being such a huge wedding industry, I mean, I think there was 19,000 weddings in 2016. Yeah. Um, you know, you were already traveling to them anyway. So I started getting a lot of calls um, from uh, people that were like, I need you at 5 a.m. on this day. There's no salons open. You know, could you do this? And so I ended up doing them. And that's where my mobile um, hair and makeup and, and even hair color, I have portable sinks that I bring. Uh, it's not like, like you're sticking your head in the sink and washing it, so it's very professional. So I bring an upscale salon to your house. Mm, you don't cool. have to battle the traffic. And I that's do. not a thousand dollars to do for No, it is okay. not. It is very affordable. If you really put down the price that you're paying to go, the time, um, your gas, your mileage, the products that you're buying afterwards, I am way lower than what you're going to get. And I'm one-on-one, very personal appointment. You're not battling 10 other people in the salon for that person. Right. So. I mean, I'm, you know, we've talked before that there are those people that they want the salon experience, mm-hmm. you know, like I've. Yeah, some do. I, I've taken in those people that are following me on social media. I've taken, I've, you know, converted an, a big section of, well, basically my entire garage to a personal gym. You know, some people like going to the gym and they want mm-hmm. that camaraderie and being around. I never liked that. Mm-hmm. I dealt with it, but I never liked that. Now I'm in an opportunity in a position where I like having a personal 
private experience. And I'm sure there are some ladies or people really that they want to go to a salon and they want to be around other Absolutely. women and so, they want to break from the house. But then there's those people that they want to look good, but they just don't want uh, to take the time to, to do that. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, a lot of times I have clients that want to get away from their household duties and their children running around. And then there are some that don't want to leave their children or don't have a way to leave, find a babysitter. So I go and I cut the whole family's hair. I do grandma, um, dad, you know, so we call that the family grooming. Okay. But, uh, so it does happen that way, but then, you know, I have the ability to bring them to a private studio if they want that personal one-on-one quiet time, like they would get at a salon. That's cool. So it works out both ways. So you can accommodate for the busy person, but then you can also accommodate for the person that wants to sit back and have a break from whatever their reality world is, and they just want to be kind of be pampered in a sense, right? Absolutely. Now, you talked about the broads, right? So we got to ask, I'm, as an entertainer, I'm not, I'll do the weddings every now and then. I'm not big on doing weddings. 